Welcome in, everyone, to the Football Addicts Anonymous podcast. It is draft eve, y'all. We are here. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we are... What is it? We got uh, 26 hours till the draft. Uh, just to... No, isn't it 8 o'clock start? You're right. Yeah, 27. So 27, 27 hours. hours, yep. We got 27 hours till the draft. Vontae Mack, no matter what. <laughs> uh, I love that movie, but it's one of the most unrealistic uh, portrayals of the draft I think I've ever seen. Hey, it's the one that wanted me, made me want to become a GM. <laughs> it set me on the path. Uh, but anyways, this is our mock draft special 2022 edition. Our one and only complete first round mock after doing mm-hmm. team centric mocks throughout the last month uh, to two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into our mock, though, we're going to go over some NFL news. We don't have a PowerPoint today. We don't need it. I uh, just have some stuff that's in no particular order. They're just I'm just going to roll through them how I screenshotted them, how they came up through this week. Uh, so first off, the Colts. They hosted uh, veteran offensive tackle Dennis Kelly on a free agent visit. Um, still looking for a left tackle. Dennis Kelly's played mm-hmm. both, right and left, at, throughout his career. Pretty good swing guy. Definitely better right tackle than he is left, but um, yeah, could be an option for Indianapolis there. I mean, the versatility alone is a reason to sign him, but like you said, they're looking for left and he's better at right, so. I mean, there's still a guy out there that they had last year. <laughs> I still don't know why he's unsigned, but uh, for one, he's old, has injury issues. Yeah, but when healthy, he's a very solid left tackle. Yeah, their right tackle is Braden Smith. Left tackle right now is they're slotting in Matt Pryor. That's interesting. Um, next thing here, this isn't really too big of a thing, but Robert Quinn, Bears edge rusher Robert Quinn, apparently, uh, is meeting the new staff and there, there apparently are some teams that have called about Robert Quinn's availability. Um, Hmm. don't expect it to happen at all. I don't even think it's anywhere near close like some of other players out there that are rumored to be traded, but. Um, there was, there was stuff <clears throat> getting talked about, um, with Robert Quinn. Again, nothing major with him though. Um, NCAA news. I mean, we had a massive shift yesterday. NCAA president Mark Emmert is stepping down, um, he will continue to serve as president through June 30th of next year. Um, hmm. So, oh, uh, or until a new president is is in place. So it could be sooner than June 30th next year, but that's the hard deadline that he will not be president of the NCAA anymore. Um, they said... That uh, with the new constitution, the NCAA uh, voted on 
and passed in January, it's going to make the NCAA's role in collegiate athletics a lot more diminished and hands-off. It's going more toward conference-centric and mm-hmm. division-centric approaches more than a national governing body has final say kind of thing. Good. That's what college football's needed. Yeah. So I know many, many people were very happy when that news broke yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. considering some of the stuff that's gone on during Mark Emmert's 12 years as president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the this is something that I know a lot of college fans have been uh, waiting for. I mean, I feel like the first step was what happened over the last year or so with the, uh, what's it, NIL or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, NIL, right? Yeah. So I feel like that's a step in the right direction. And now with NCAA kind of taking a step back as well, it's looking more and more like a minor league for the NFL almost. Yeah. We will see who the new president is um, whenever. But uh, I would expect at least one of the candidates to be someone that's already on the NCAA's Board of Governors. Mm-hmm. Uh, some fifth-year options have been exercised. Uh, we're getting towards the deadline of that, and I can't remember what the date is for fifth-year options for the 28-19 class. Yeah, it would be the 19 class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because Lions, they exercise TJ Hawkinson's fifth-year option. No surprise there. Um, I think there are a couple other ones. That I had. Oh, uh, the Bucks. Picked up Devin White's option. And those were the only two new ones that I had. A bunch of other guys already picked up as well. I believe Nick Bosa was one of them. Uh, And I can't remember the other couple guys. Uh, The Broncos. They re-signed running back Melvin Gordon. One year... A uh, $5 million deal. Uh, just another season of killing Javante Williams' fantasy stock. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they I mean, they split as even as you can. I saw the one tweet. I, don't, I didn't screenshot it, but it was like they had the exact same amount of carries, mm-hmm. like within 10 yards of each other. And, you know, within a couple touchdowns of each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it'll be like that this year, though. I think Gordon's going to take a little bit of a step back and give Williams a little bit more of the reins. However, I still think that the signing does hurt Williams' fantasy value because mm-hmm. I think that Gordon still is going to end up being, like, the goal line back. And yeah. so he'll score most of the touchdowns, I think. And uh, just to go back to the fifth-year option thing, I looked it up. The deadline is Monday, okay, May 2nd. So teams got 
this weekend and once the draft is over, I guess we'll have to figure it out then. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting that it's after the draft because, you know, some of those guys that maybe are on the bubble, teams are thinking about maybe not picking their option up. They draft the guy at that position, and then they're like, all right, cool, we don't have to pick mm-hmm. his fifth year up. Uh, the Jags made it a little bit easier on all of us to predict the number one overall pick yesterday, uh, or today, mm-hmm. today, yeah, today's twenty seventh, yeah. Uh, they they signed left tackle Cam Robinson to a new extension. It is three years, fifty four million dollars. That's eighteen per year. So not at the top of the offensive tackle market, which he shouldn't be, uh, but he is getting more than what he would have made on the tag this year. Uh, you said it last show, wasn't it? Like 16.6 or something like that? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this deal, this whole thing with Cam Robinson is kind of uh, surprising to me. I mean, I guess this also, like you said, it kind of means that they're definitely going edge at this point, whether that's Hutchinson or um, Walker. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's just down to those two at this point. Um, but yeah, they're definitely going to go edge number one tomorrow night. But the deal with Robinson, I don't know. I'm. I, we all thought that they weren't going to keep him at all, yeah. and they went and tagged him, and then they gave him this big extension. So I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I have no clue. He's not an elite left tackle he's getting paid by as one of the top he's probably in the top five I would think in terms of salary now um, yeah maybe even top three I don't know what the offensive tackle salaries look like but uh, especially with Armstead getting his free agent deal and whatnot but um, yeah I I don't necessarily think it precludes Jacksonville from taking a tackle because they do need as much offensive line help as they can. But I, I like you said, I, I do think it, it closes the door, though, on what most people think is that they're going to go edge rush. And there's, they still could get one of those second-tier tackles with their second pick, too, Yeah, in the second round on Friday. So Yeah, guys like Trey Smith, Abraham Lucas, and whatnot. Uh, the Texans are seemingly open for business. Not at three. Uh, GM Nick Casario said that the chances of them using both the third and 13th picks, he said uh, there's a 99% chance at three they use that one, and there's only a 50 to 60% chance at 13 that they use that 13th pick. Uh Apparently, he's talked to uh, six to eight teams as a part of just general talks. Open to going up as well as down from 13. Well, just thinking about trading down, there's not many teams. I mean, there's probably two teams I could think of that might trade with the Texans for that spot. 
And those are two teams that potentially will select a quarterback on Thursday night, that being the Saints and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I think that those are two teams to watch out for with that pick. But, um, I mean, the Saints have already made their moves a little bit. And the Steelers, one team that many believe are going to move up, have yet to do so. So, Yeah, I I heard that 11-14 to 14 is the sweet spot for teams coming up. Uh, it seems like there's not a want to trade into the top 10 to pay that price for whoever. Uh, but yeah, if someone falls out of the top 10 that some team doesn't didn't think they were going to be available there, then I think we'll see some trades. Uh, I think Washington's in a good spot at 11 to nope. trade back because uh, they need some stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I, I, don't, I don't think the Vikings will trade out. But, yeah, I think Washington at 11 and Texans at 13 and most likely two outside the top 10. And it's funny because I sent you the thing in the group chat yesterday when I was doing my own little mock draft, and it literally said Texans need is everything. (laughs) So they are probably the biggest wild card in this entire draft. Nobody knows what they're going to (laughs) do. Um, and then last thing here, uh, the Rams. They announced Cam Akers is switching numbers. He's going back to number three, which he wore at Florida State. Um, and that number was worn by OBJ mm-hmm. last year when they acquired him. Uh, the reason Cam couldn't get number three last year, the NFL was going to make him pay five hundred grand in order to switch his number. I don't know if it was, like, too late that he wanted to do that or whatnot. I don't know. But, yeah, the NFL was going to make him pay $500,000 to to switch his number. Uh, That's weird. Then somehow, you know, the Rams and – or the the league and OBJ worked it out where he could wear number three. And then now this year Cam can switch it for free for some reason. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. the OBJ thing, though, isn't there a 13 on the Rams, so he had to get a new number anyway? I have no clue. I yeah. think there, I think, yeah, Van, is, isn't Van Jefferson, Jefferson 13, maybe? Yeah, Van Jefferson wears 13, I think. Yeah, so he had to get a new number, so maybe that's why. Um, but it, not that I think it's going to happen, but you never know. It'll be interesting to see if the Rams end up re-signing OBJ, then what? He's going to have to switch his number again, or they're going to ha- make Cam OB- Akers give it back to him? OBJ will pay Van Jefferson to get 13. Maybe. I don't know. It's the only <laughs> place he hasn't wear a 13. Yeah, I know. So, I don't know. OBJ still unsigned. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, all right. It is now time for our mock draft. We have this awesome, awesome mock draft simulator that I found. Uh, Pro Football Network. It's great. can make a lot of trades. And unlike the mocks we've had the first two years on, uh, I forget what the website was, but 
this one, that one, it only allowed you to trade picks in the first round because we were only doing one round. This mm -hmm. one, we're only doing one round, but it allows us to trade all of our picks. Throughout For this year and next. Yes. So, I love it. <laughs> Let's get it going here. Uh, so, first off, Jacksonville. Uh, and I will be doing the odds. Chris will be doing the evens, except for our own teams, uh, which I think your teams both have even picks anyways. Oh, nope, 19. Uh, That's okay. right. A couple of your picks are even too, so. Yeah, <laughs> right around your, your 19 there. Uh, but okay, so I am up first. We'll both talk about the picks, though. Uh, but whoever uh, has the pick will be the final decider. So number one, uh, Trayvon Walker. That's that's the guy I think that the Jags are leaning toward at this point. Um, it's all about the potential. Aiden Hutchinson's good, uh, and I think at this point they're pretty even. But the potential of Trayvon Walker is much higher in terms of league circles, so that's the pick. Yeah, I like you said, as of recent, Trayvon Walker's been all of a sudden the front runner here. Um and right off the bat, I feel like this is one of the most crazy drafts in recent history because the first overall pick has changed about five times mm -hmm. since this whole process started. Um, and I can't remember the last time that people have been like this unsure about what's going to happen in the draft. Um, I mean, it could all be smoke and mirrors. I don't know why the Jaguars really would need to do that. Um, but yeah, I think that Walker is going to end up being the pick here. Um, but who knows? We could all be expecting one thing. It happened in 2018. Everybody expected Darnold to go first overall to the Browns, and all of a sudden, draft night changed to Baker. <laughs> and I mean, it didn't work out for either team anyway, but yeah. All righty. Trayvon Walker, number one. You're up number two, Chris. Yeah, so this is probably the easiest pick of the draft right here. Uh I mean, it all depends, obviously, what the Jaguars do. But in this scenario, Jaguars take Walker. Well, then the Lions go and take their home, homegrown guy right there. Keep him in Michigan. Uh, I really don't think that there's any other choice. Except for, I guess, the mock drafts that we did over the last two months. They kept getting, uh, what's his name? The safety. Uh, uh, yeah, Kyle Hamilton. Nice. But that's not happening here. I'm taking the edge with uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, I, I think it's Hutchinson all the way, and Lions fans would rejoice to keep Michigan guy in Michigan. Uh, Hamilton wasn't where I, I thought you were going. I thought you were going with the quarterback, Malik Willis. Um, well, there's a chance that they could still get him at 32. We've seen that a lot in our mock drafts too, but we'll see how it shapes out in our draft, but. Yeah. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson to the Lions at number two. Texans at number three is intriguing. Uh, mm -hmm. We just talked about them. They're not trading this pick. Uh, 
And I just submitted on Twitter, uh, BR Betting had um, had a contest where you quote tweet their tweet and then you put your top three picks and then their hashtag. Uh, but so I went Walker Hutchinson. And then I went Evan Neal. I think the the Texans need to get the bookend <coughs> to Laramie Tunsil. They could even it, he could even be uh, Laramie Tunsil's replacement within the next couple of seasons. Um, but right now at right tackle is Charlie Heck for them. It's more than likely going to be Cedro Obuhi, but. Um, yeah, I, I think they want to get a bookend there, protect Davis Mills, and uh, there's a lot of options they can go with. Kyle Hamilton, the other tackles, they can go Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I don't think they – I mean, they could. They could go Derek Stingley, I've heard, at three, uh, Sauce Gardner. But I'm going with the tackle. I think Lovey Smith wants to build from the trenches, and uh, Evan Neal is my guy. Yeah, so I agree with position. However, I think they ultimately will end up going with Icky Aquanu. I I personally think that Aquanu is the best offensive lineman prospect in this draft. Um, and, I mean, that's generally been the consensus, I feel like, throughout most of, uh, most of the mocks I've seen and most of, like, the draft analysis I've read and listened to um i think it's partially because of his versatility over evan neal um but i think evan neal might be the better more ready prospect Mm -hmm. but aquanu i think will end up being the better offensive lineman in the end um like i said i mean I'm i'm big on versatility on the offensive line i i would much rather draft that, but the Texans are a wild card here, but I do think that they go offensive line, whether it's Neal, whether it's Aquanu. I wouldn't even I would still say Cross is in the uh in the mix too. Yeah, for sure. Uh another reason why I think it's gonna be Evan Neal, Nick Casario comes from the the Bill Belichick tree. They have that Patriots way connection with Alabama and Nick mm-hmm. Saban. Uh, so I, I think Nick Casario is much more comfortable drafting an Alabama player than any other school. <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, I mean, Charles Cross definitely, I think, is in consideration at three, just like the other tackles and everyone else, because I don't know. Three always seems like it's weird. Like there's uh, a weird pick. That comes out of nowhere. No one thinks is going to happen. It's just it. That's the pick every every year. It seems like three is is an odd spot in the draft. Uh, but I am going Evan Neal at three, and your Jets are up at four, Chris. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of Jets fans and a lot of NFL fans around the league expect this pick slash want this pick to be Kayvon Thibodeau. But 
based on what I've been seeing over the last two years with Joe Douglas and even now with Robert Sala too, they're building a culture in that locker room. And I, I just don't think Kayvon Thibodeau fits that culture. He seems – I don't think he's as bad as Jamal Adams was in terms of the me, me, me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he still does seem like he kind of has that arrogance about him that it's all about him. He wants to pad his stats. He wants to be the guy, which he very well may be for whatever team drafts him. I personally think he's going in the next pick or to the next team, but those are your picks, so I'll let you uh, go with those. Um. But yeah, I I know a lot of people would want Thibodeau here. I don't. Edge is a need for them. I'm taking the chance, though, that an edge rusher will be there at 10 for them. And I'm going with the other major need that they have here and going Sauce Gardner here at 4. Yeah, definitely. Corner is a, is a big, big area of need. Uh, I mean, they're <coughs> starting corners right now. For the Jets, DJ Reed and Bryce Hall. Mm-hmm. And then they got Brandon Eccles, uh, Michael Carter the second, Javelin Guidry, Justin Hardy, and Isaiah Dunn. As the yeah, corners. and Hardy is strictly special teams, and I think Dunn is too, but Hardy is definitely strictly special teams. I know that. Yeah. So, I mean, immediate, immediate <clears throat> contributor. With Sauce Gardner. Teams didn't even pass to him this year. Uh, they were so afraid of throwing it his way. So Yeah, and I mean I don't wanna I don't wanna give him too much praise or too much pressure, but Do it. he's following in the footsteps of another great Jets corner with Darrell Revis, who had a very <laughs> similar resume like that. So I knew that's we'll exactly see. where you're going. <laughs> Okay, Sauce Gardner to the Jets at four. So technically, I guess I have three straight picks. Yep. Um, first Giants pick. <clears throat> you know, the Giants are another team that I think they need quite a bit. Um, and it's good for them that they have two picks to do it. Uh, they need a tackle, and I think, like we did when we had the Giants mock draft, I think the first pick has to be an offensive tackle, mm-hmm. just in case uh, the Panthers don't go quarterback and take one at six. Uh, and you have to protect yourself in terms of there's only three elite offensive tackles in this class. So, to get one of them and to get the guy that you want out of whoever is left, and it, it'll it'll be especially important to take a tackle at five if your Jets don't go with Sauce Gardner and go tackle at four, mm-hmm. which is a possibility, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So, with there being two left here, I think they're going to go uh, Ikiakwanu at five. Uh, they have to solidify the right side 
and they can also provide insurance in case Andrew Thomas doesn't work out since he struggled um, a little bit last year. Yeah, I agree with this pick um, for the same reasons you do. The team right behind them is the Panthers, who are expected to, or not expected to, but are probably going to end up taking a tackle, especially if the board falls this way. Um, and even though they, even though the Giants have another pick at seven, if you need a tackle like they do, you have your pick here. You have your choice of the two. Mm-hmm. So go get the one that you want and do it now. Um, so, yeah, I would go with Quanu here too. So the Panthers. <laughs> uh, so for anyone that didn't see, I put out my Panthers seven-round mock draft. And uh-huh. luckily for the Panthers, I actually traded down uh, and still got at Quanu at 12 somehow. Uh, I traded <laughs> down with the Vikings. So... Yeah, I... I just wanted to mention that too. That's because they traded up to six for Jermaine Johnson. So that was a very interesting trade up for them. Which I heard a I saw a report just like thirty to forty minutes ago that said Rappaport was on NFL Total Access and he was saying, you know, Jermaine Johnson could go higher than people think uh, inside the top ten. And maybe higher. So I think six is not out of the possibility. Uh, the realm of possibilities for Jermaine Johnson. I want to trade out. The Panthers have to. They have to trade out a six. Even with Charles Cross here. The thing is. I don't think they're going to. They're not going to go too far down. Because I still think with the teams that are here. There's not going to be anyone that's going to want to tackle in between, you know, for, for a little bit, really. Uh, you know, maybe Seattle. They might need one because they didn't re-sign Dwayne Brown yet. But the Falcons don't need one. The Giants already took one. The Jets, maybe. Uh, Washington won't, I don't think. But, yeah, I, I want to trade out. I just don't know... Who with? Um, There's also Thibodeau still on the board, too. So anybody looking for an edge rusher who wants to get ahead of the Giants who might take him there could go right. for that, too. So I I think <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. I don't know who I want to trade with. <laughs> Because it was nice when I was doing team centric ones, they would they would give you trades at each pick. Uh, they would send you offers. But now we're doing all thirty two. We got to make our own trades. So the Panthers, like I said, they have to move back. They don't have a day day two pick. They're not picking again until the fourth round. So they have to get at least one one pick in the second and third rounds. Uh, so it's just a matter of who are we trading back with. Who wants Thibodeau? The Texans, I mean, like I said, Nick Casario said they could move up or down. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that's the most logical spot. I think at this point, um, it, it would either be that or the team right below the Texans and the Ravens to move up for Thibodeau too. Yeah, I just think the Ravens are too conservative to do that. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to trade back with the Texans. And. Uh, so, we are sending six to them for 13 and 37. Trying to think what the trade value would look like. Look at that. Pro Football Reference has a, a trade chart available. So the sixth pick is worth 1,600 points. The 13th pick is 1,150 points. So we got to make up 450 points. Uh, 37 would be a little too rich. So that'd be 530. So then just send them back a like a sixth rounder or fifth rounder or whatever would offset that cost. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see what uh, the Panthers have here. 242. That's worth 1.2 points. <laughs> uh, 199. It's only 12.8. We'd probably have to send them the Panthers' next pick, I would think, at 137. Uh, or you could always that's do only a, 37 a next and a half. Year's picks too. Huh? One of next year's picks, too. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't have to take 37. We can take 68. Um, 68 is worth $250. So... That'd get us to fourteen hundred. We still need two hundred points. Um, so what is eighty worth here? One ninety. Look at that. That's perfect. That's fine. Ten points short of even, but I will gladly take thirteen and two third rounders for the sixth pick. Uh, and then you get to make the pick now, Chris. Yeah. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> Even though we control all the teams, <laughs> they still can get declined? What, how does that work? <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. Wait. Wait. Do you- do it the opposite way this time. That's what I'm doing. Okay. I th- still think it might get declined. Just try. Just send <laughs> the Texans back like a sixth or seventh round pick too. Did send not- them the sixth pick, the sixth rounder, because it was worth like 12 points or whatever. I did not foresee this happening. <laughs> 199 is worth 12. Yeah, so that's 8. only two point difference there. Uh, 
damn. Bill didn't want it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we got a less in our. See, I I do think though in real life that that would be a a good enough trade. trade to yeah. move up seven spots into the top ten. Two third round picks, I think, gets you there. See, that's the thing that I don't know which side is declining it. That's the issue. Yeah. Uh, so what if we just do this? What if instead, you know, the Texans don't want to give up their, their picks or we send 68 and a 23 second? I don't have future picks here. Valuations. For six. And 137. Good lord. Okay, we're picking. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I well, don't know. I don't know what else to what, what else to trade. Who else to trade? So, I mean, for the since we're only doing the first round, the those are really the only picks that matter. So you could literally trade whatever else you wanted, and we could pretend like you did a different trade <laughs> just to get the trade to happen. Well, yeah, I I would I would go just six the the original trade we had six for thirteen. 68 and 80. I think that's a fair trade. A one and two threes. Oh, it is, but this website doesn't appear to (laughs) think so. But I'm saying, like, try to swap next year's firsts or something, too, and see if that works. This is is the only part that's annoying, is I got to keep picking the teams. (laughs) Cleveland's first next year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe it's the Panthers that don't want to move out of the spot. Maybe. But since the Panthers aren't moving out of the spot, we're taking Charles Cross. Uh, we have to. We have to get a tackle. We're not taking a quarterback. I don't care. Matt yeah. Rule is on thin ice. He, he has yep. to get a player that is going to contribute right away. Uh-huh. And the best way to do that is to get a tackle that can help protect Sam Darnold or whoever is playing quarterback for them. Um, I would hope it's Sam Darnold <laughs> at this point because uh, we don't have many other options. Yeah, um... Yeah, Charles Cross is the pick here. And I was listening to a mock draft earlier, and they said the same thing, essentially. That Matt Rule is on the hot seat. He's probably the coach expected to be fired most out of anybody in the league right now. Um, So why build for the future by drafting a quarterback when you need to win games this year? to try to keep your job. And the guy that I was listening to basically said, would you rather Sam Darnold 
who is only first of all the quarterback that he was saying would be picked here if it was a quarterback was going to be Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. And he was basically saying, would you rather have Darnold with another piece, whether that's Charles Cross, whether that's a receiver, whoever they decided to pick. And Darnold is only a year older than Kenny Pickett with, what's that, four years of NFL experience now? Regardless of how good or bad he's been, he still has the NFL experience. So, yeah, here is where Cross would definitely go over Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or whoever else. Yeah, I mean, if it was Pickett, he is the most pro-ready quarterback. He's like last year's Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. The the only one that's really ready to step in right away. Um, so yeah, but Charles Cross, the Panthers, since the Texans wouldn't trade with us, <laughs> and you still get to pick for the Texans later too because they're an odd they're an odd team. Uh, okay, I am back up with the Giants' second pick. Now, <laughs> what was interesting? I was getting some tweets here, and uh, Aditi Kinkabala was saying, based off what she heard from someone within the Giants organization, uh, the Steelers have not called about trading up or about the price to get up to seven or five, whatever, um, which I'm happy with. <laughs> Steelers, we do not need to trade up that high. Uh, but the, the Giants here um, at seven, I mean, this is perfect. I mean, they get Kayvon Thibodeau. Why not? Uh, they need a they need a bookend for Azizo Jolari on the defensive side of the ball at, at the other outside linebacker spot. Um, and Thibodeau, despite... Not what, uh, or despite him falling from the initial, you know, preseason number one hype. I think it's still a fine pick, and like I said, they needed someone outside on the opposite opposite side to uh, help take some pressure off of Azizo Jolari there. Yeah, Thibodeau is probably the obvious pick here. Um, they already did the offensive tackle with the fifth pick. Um, and honestly, if Thibodeau falls past the Giants here, I think it's that I think chaos is going to break loose because I don't know where he's going to end up if he doesn't end up here at number seven. Um, Thirteen. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe pick eight, but not by the Falcons if that's the case. Oh, um, he would he wouldn't fall past the, the Seahawks. I don't think. No, but I'm saying I don't think he even gets past number eight. But I don't think the Falcons pick him either. I think the Falcons, if in this scenario he goes past the Giants, the Falcons trade out. Um, but yeah, Thibodeau to the Giants. I I keep saying Thibodeau is going to be playing in New York. For which team is up for? <laughs> debate, but I ultimately think he's going number seven to the Giants. 
All right, Falcons at eight. Yeah, so like I said, this is a very interesting scenario for the Falcons. They are one of the worst teams in the league, especially now trading away Matt Ryan. They will not have uh, – what's his name for this year because of the – Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, yeah, uh, because of the gambling suspension. Um, so – this is a team that very well could be picking number one overall next year. Um, especially because their defense is still really bad. They have absolutely no receivers. And so this team can literally go anywhere. Um, and I'm looking at the board here. I don't really see any any players that would be worth trading up for at the moment. Kyle Hamilton is one of the best players in this draft, but I don't see a team really trading up for a safety. Malik Willis, yes, he's the consensus number one quarterback. And if Washington wants him and thinks that Seattle might take him, then they might jump up for him. I don't think that's happening, though. Um, and then past that, I think it gets too deep for anybody to jump up. So I think ultimately with this board, with this scenario, the Falcons are stuck at eight and they got to decide what to do. And like I said before, they are lacking in receiver depth. And ultimately I think that's where the first receiver goes right here at number eight. And I like Garrett Wilson there for them. They need a receiver, like I said, because who's their number one receiver? I don't even know how to say that guy's name. Olamide Zacchaeus. Yeah. So I think Garrett Wilson, if he's selected here at number eight, becomes the number one receiver and helps out that offense immensely. They already have Kyle Pitts. Marcus Mariota isn't the worst quarterback in the world. He's not that great, but he's not the worst. He is a former number two overall pick, after all. Um, so, yeah, I think that Wilson will help them out. And it, he'll help out whoever they decide to take at quarterback next year in the draft. Yeah, I, I, I like Garrett Wilson at eight to the Falcons. <laughs> they have the worst receiving core in the NFL by far. Um, mm-hmm. I would say rivaling the Chiefs, but at least the Chiefs have some higher upside veteran guys and MVS and Juju. Uh, uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I, I think Garrett Wilson but, comes off the board first here. Yeah, and, and at least the Chiefs have a superstar, Super Bowl-winning quarterback in Mahomes, too. So mm-hmm. that helps them a little bit. I think a couple of things the Falcons do have going for them, though. They have a really good offensive line. And obviously Kyle Pitts. Uh-huh. I would say Cordero Patterson, too. but Let's see if he can repeat what he did last year. He's not a true running back. Yeah. Another good option for them here, too, since they aren't going to be competing this year, would be to go Jamison Williams. But I think it's better for them to go with Wilson because they want somebody to get NFL experience for next year. Mm-hmm when they do have their new franchise quarterback? So Seattle at number nine. 
I think this is. I think Seattle is similar to the Falcons, and similar to the Texans. I think all three of those teams are really bad. Uh, and there's really not many foundational pieces on all three. Uh, I think the Texans are actually better suited than the Seahawks and the Falcons are because they seem to have a quarterback, um, a long-term <laughs> option at quarterback. Seahawks and, Seahawks and Falcons don't. Uh, but looking at what the Seahawks have, I don't think this – I think this, this pick's going to go defense – the only way that it wouldn't go defense is if one of the tackles slid to nine uh, because they have a massive need at tackle. I mean, I have no clue who these guys even are that are listed as the tackles, dude. Greg Island is the left tackle, E-I-L-A-N-D, and Jake Curran is the right tackle. Uh, at least the guy that they have as the backup right now at right tackle, I've heard of, Stone Forsythe. Yeah. But the starting two tackles, I have no clue who those guys are. Uh, it's way too early to pick Trevor Penning, who you can see down here is the next tackle in uh, Pro Football Network's rankings. But, so I think we have to go defense. They're not going to draft Kyle Hamilton. That's a given. They already have two safeties, Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams. They don't need a, a third guy. Uh, Malik Willis, intriguing option. I just don't think they're going to go quarterback at this juncture anyways. Um, I think they're going to let it play out this year between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Maybe even Jacob Eason. The, Jacob Eason is signed as the third quarterback right now. Maybe maybe he even you know puts his hat in the ring. But they have to get a defensive starter. I st it still shocked me when they released Carlos Dunlap, who was their best pass rusher. So I uh -huh. think they're going to go Jermaine Johnson here. Um, I think it's going to be edge or corner because their starting corners are Artie Burns and Sidney Jones right now. Um, Justin Coleman, one of the best slot corners in the NFL, their third uh -huh. guy. But, yeah, I, I think Jermaine Johnson is the guy over – uh, the next best corner, which is Derek Stingley, and uh, they need to they need to get pass rush. Luckily for them, they got Shelby Harris in that Broncos deal. Uh, they have former first rounder L.J. Collier, but they on their depth chart it shows literally no no other players at defensive end right now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it hurts me that you decided to select Johnson here at nine because I was hoping that I would get him at ten with the Jets. <laughs> Um, but yeah, based on how the board's fallen, it really doesn't make any sense with any other pick here. Um, like you said, I think their biggest need is tackled, but pending is too, it's too early for pending unless they somehow trade back. But again, I don't see any trade partners to trade with. Um, and, uh, the only other offensive piece I could see them going for is a receiver only if they end up trading one of their uh, top two guys that they have been rumored to possibly trade. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> again, I don't see that happening either. 
So, yeah, Johnson is the clear pick here. Your Jets back up at 10. All right. Like I said, Johnson was my pick at 10. However, he just got taken by the Seahawks. So my shift, my focus now shifts to offense and helping out Zach Wilson. Even if it's not going to be this year, because the Jets aren't going to be in contention this year. I might actually go out on a limb and select Jamison Williams because he is possibly the best receiver in this draft class. He's just not going to be able to start the season. And the Jets need some serious playmakers. They have Elijah Moore, they have Michael Carter, and they have Zach Wilson. They have a nice, solid trio there. But they've struck out on trading for a veteran receiver this year. Granted, there's still time with Debo. I don't really want that to happen. But if it does, it'll most likely be for this number 10 pick. So then this number 10 pick won't even matter. But I still think that a wide receiver is the pick here based on how the board has fallen. And again, I'm going for projection rather than uh, immediate impact. And I think Williams would be the perfect fit there. Yeah, well, just like I stole your pick at 9, you stole my pick at 10. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, hey, you still got Corey Davis, too, and uh, former second-round pick Denzel Mims, <laughs> as well like as six at this point. as well as uh, the slot slot guy, Braxton Berrios. Uh, well, I guess Elijah Moore would technically be the slot guy, but Braxton Berrios had a good season last year. Um <laughs> Yeah, I agree with the receiver. Just I'm like you when uh, when I went Evan Neal at three. I I think James Williams will not be the guy. Not just because I wanted to pick him with the Commanders at eleven, but because I think they they are enamored by the the Ohio State guys, and I think they would go Chris Olave instead. Um, like you said, Williams. I think he will will get on field week one. Um, but it'll be close. So, but uh, yeah, Jamison Williams, you—that's who you're going with at ten. Uh, okay. So now that uh, my receiver pick is gone, I think it makes my job a lot easier now. It's Kyle Hamilton for the Commanders. Um, this they they released Landon Collins. This offseason, I would have liked to get uh, another receiver, like I said, for Carson Wentz. But uh, their safeties, Cameron Curl is, is very good. Uh, they, that was a good find for them in, on day three when he came out. Um, their other safety is Bobby McCain, which in his own right is, is pretty good, coming, coming over from the Dolphins. But they need a guy... They need another guy who can be um, 
a free safety and a long-term free safety option because Bobby McCain only signed on a one-year deal, I believe. So, and I think Kyle Hamilton also has positional versatility. He can come down and play in uh, in the dime and, and nickel packages if needed at uh, linebacker or uh, corner. But he definitely is more of a free safety, which is where Bobby McCain is right now. But I think he could beat him out and give them a, a good trio of safeties there in Washington. Yeah. <clears throat> this, like you said, I think Hamilton was the obvious pick once uh, Williams went off the board there to the Jets. Uh, Hamilton, again, a lot of people are saying Hamilton is the best prospect in this draft, best defensive at least for sure. Um, so to get a guy like this, this late at number 11, that's almost a steal for the commanders. And, uh, yeah, like you also said, it's a pretty big need for them at safety. So yeah, why not? Vikings for you at 12. All right. So this is another one of the most obvious picks, I think for, this draft there's a player that has been mocked to them quite a lot in mock drafts even when we're not the ones picking for them and they have a glaring need at the cornerback position because they have an aging Patrick Peterson and then I don't even remember who their number two guy is Dantzler yeah so I think picking up a guy like Derek Stingley Jr., although I don't really like him, he was originally the top cornerback in the draft, but there have been concerns about him, which is why he's kind of falling. But that only benefits the Vikings. Instead of having to trade up for a cornerback, they have potentially the top cornerback in the draft fall right into their laps. So... I mean, the Vikings do have some other needs, but I think none bigger than Derek Stingley right here. Yeah, I think the top three defensive guys are all in consideration right now for the Vikings at this point with how the board has gone. Uh, Stingley, obviously, like you said, been mocked. I actually don't think that is a massive need. It, It is definitely their biggest need, I think. Um, Patrick Peterson, Cameron Dantzler, Chris Boyd, Harrison Hand, Chandon Sullivan, Perry Nickerson, Nate Hairston is their corner depth right now. Uh, but the reason why I say the other two are also in consideration, I think Jordan Davis would fit in well. Um, he would probably kick Dalvin Tomlinson off of the nose and put himself there. And Dalvin Tomlinson would replace Jalen Twyman at uh, the other DN spot opposite of Harrison Phillips in their 3-4 base. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an option. And George Karloftis, they've been looking for another person long-term to be uh, opposite of Daniil Hunter. Uh, they got Zedarius Smith in free agency, and they have a guy who they drafted two years ago in DJ Wonham, uh, who they like as well as Chad Surratt there. 
um, need some outside linebacker depth. I the only the issue I have with Carlotta though I think he's better as a four three defensive end uh-huh. than a three four outside linebacker. Um, but yeah, I mean Derek Stingley, definitely solid pick. What would blow it up though would be if the Vikings went quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think that would younger. happen because they just drafted Kellen Mond and they just gave uh, Cousins the extension, but Mond, never know. Mond was only a second-round pick, though. Not so. That's true. Uh, okay, so Stingley here. Texans! All righty, this is where we get interesting. And I use that word too much. Way too much. Uh well, I'll tell you one thing. The board has kind of fallen pretty good for them because they went tackle first, and now there's a couple of defensive guys right there at the top. Right. <clears throat> so, or you can get you can get a weapon for uh, for what's his name? Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Yeah. So Jordan Davis would work. They have a hole beside Malik Collins. <laughs> Uh, the defensive line, 4-3 base there, which is not I'm trying to – this is bad when I can't even remember what, what base defense Georgia played. <laughs> I think they played a 3-4. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Jordan Davis would work. George this would work as well. Uh they could go offensive line again. Zion Johnson. They're, uh, I think their interior is fine, though. But, yeah, I mean, I think they, they could use some more weapons for for Davis Mills. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, who had a great rookie season last year. Chris Conley, Chris Moore, Deshaun Hamilton, Philip Dorsett, Jalen Camp, uh, Damon Hazelton and Davion Davis are their three deep at wide receiver. But how about let's try to trade with the Texans again? <laughs> uh, and the person uh, that we're going to trade with is going to be The Eagles. Uh, Jordan Davis is still available, right? I think the Ravens want Jordan Davis badly. Uh huh. So what we're going to do, though, is we're not going to trade 15. We'd be stupid to trade 15. We're going to hope the Texans take number 18. Because uh, I have plans, I have plans for fifteen. So I'm praying that the Texans will be okay with taking eighteen. If they don't trade in this one, we know it was the Texans in the other trade. <laughs> so to go up five spots, let's get back to the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart here. So thirteen is worth eleven fifty, like we said. Eighteen is nine hundred. So we only need 250 points, which is the equivalent of number 68. 
So if we trade them 51, which I don't really want to do, uh, but if we trade them 51, um, that pick is worth 390 points. So we are now 140 points over the value that we needed. Um, and 140 points is worth 90. So if we take 107 back, 107 is worth 80 points. So that's a win for the Texans, technically. Let's hope that they take it. Now, I'm not saying this is what I actually want to do. Uh, I just think with the Ravens wanting Jordan Davis, I think someone could go up and get him. And I think it's a good spot. Also, it would be a good spot for a Trevor Penning trade-up to get ahead of the Saints and the Chargers, um, someone like the Packers, to come up Uh and get Trevor Penning, who need a tackle. But I'm going to do it for Jordan Davis and the Eagles. Let's see. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to do. I don't know. So, fine. We're going to stick. We're going we're gonna to take Jordan Davis for ourselves. That's... Uh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the Texans, like I have said multiple times, the Texans need literally everything. Except for our offensive tackle now because they just took one. So, it's basically who they value more between Karloftis and Davis, in my opinion. And, yeah, Davis is definitely the better prospect. And it's interesting. Mr. Willis is falling right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which I'm fine with. Ravens at 14. The players yeah. off the board that they wanted. Uh-huh. So, this is a very interesting board for them. There's a couple different ways they could go here. Obviously, they don't need a quarterback, which is a good chunk of what's on the screen right now. There's three quarterbacks on the screen, so they don't need any of them. I think they still need offensive line help because I don't think that they replaced the Villanueva. Or if they did, I don't remember them doing it. Well, Ronnie Stanley's left tackle. Right tackle is Morgan Moses right now. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, they did go out and sign him. So Backed up I by guess, Juwan James. Yeah, so they don't actually really need offensive tackle help, then, at least not at this point. So that takes him off the board, too. Um, guard, I don't think they really need right now, either. Interior three are Tyree Phillips, Patrick McCarry, and Kevin Zeitler, but they also have Ben Ben Powers and Ben Cleveland as well. Uh-huh. Um, they could always use more receivers, but I don't think they go that route either. I think that they go defense here still, and. I don't know if they – it's a tough choice for me between Carl Loftus and a linebacker, whether that be Devin Lloyd or reach a little bit for uh, 
Well, no, I wouldn't reach for Ojabo just yet. Like Kobe Dean, you mean? Yeah, no, no, but I was saying Ojabo too, but no, Kobe Dean, yeah. So, I don't know. It's tough between Devin Lloyd and Carl Aftis for me. So, I ultimately get to make the pick, but I want to hear what you have to say first. <laughs> well, I would not go either of those guys. Uh, I would go down here. They need corner help. They were injury ravaged uh, by the at the corner position last year, and they just did not have enough depth to sustain uh, success at that position. They have a good starting two: Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, as good of a corner duo as you're going to get. But their depth, like I said, is not great. <laughs> Iman Marshall, Kevon uh, Seymour, Robert Jackson, Kevin Tolliver and Khalil Dorsey. So I would go Andrew Booth here. Uh, if you wanted to get more versatile guy, you could go Daxton Hill, who can play safety and uh, corner. But they also signed Marcus Williams in free agency, so they really don't need a guy to necessarily play safety because they, mm. they have a good five safeties, actually, with Chuck Clark, Marcus Williams, Geno Stone, Brandon Stevens and Tony Jefferson. So, I would go Andrew Booth though. He's the next corner on on the board. Yeah. All right. So, in that scenario though, if they do want to go corner, I see a trade scenario possible here. The Saints moving up for Olave there. To get ahead of the Eagles, who I know need receiver help. Not saying that you were planning on picking Olave with the Eagles there. But the Saints definitely do need wide receiver help. Do you do you want to trade? Yeah, I want to see if we could trade. <laughs> see if we could actually get a successful trade going here. So what do you want? You want 14 and you want a 16 or 19? 16? No, I'm, I'm trying 19 first. Right. What's the value 16. of those, though? I would trade 16. Uh, 14 is 1,100 points. 19 is 875. What's 16? 1,000. So right, you so only need 100 try, points. So try 16, then. And then... What's worth 100 there? Is 98 or 120 worth 100? 100 points is... <laughs> that's funny. 100 points is 100th overall. <laughs> so 98 is close enough. Yeah. Oh, and of course the Ravens already have number 100 overall. That's beside the point. Good lord. Why... Can we not trade? All right, let's try to send 49 and get 76 back. 76 is worth 210, so you're looking at 1310 total. 49 is worth 
410, so you're looking at 1410. Did I just say the same exact numbers? No, 1310 was the Ravens total. Oh, okay. So they're getting 100 points. If they don't accept this, I mean, I don't know. What, how it's not. All right. So. We're just not going to trade. Yeah. The trades aren't working today for whatever reason, even though we're the GMs of every single team. So. But. Yeah, I. I do agree, though, with the cornerback pick. I just wish we could trade back because I think that they still could get Andrew Booth later in the draft. But since we can't trade back for whatever reason, just go ahead and select him here. You said we're going uh, Booth? Yeah. Yeah, Booth is definitely my favorite of the uh, second-tier guys there. Over Elam or whoever else is there. Yeah, so the Eagles are up here. And uh, this was also one of the questions on the uh, free prize picks play uh, for the draft. Literally, you just answer, uh, I think it's like 16 different questions and free entry. And you could win, uh, I forget how much was the top prize. I think the top prize, you get all 16, right? It's like 10 grand or something like that. Or No, it was like 100 grand, I think. Not bad. So, yeah, this was one of the questions, though. What position do the Eagles take with their first pick? Uh, did the same thing with the Saints, I think. And I said wide receiver. I think they're going to go wide receiver first because the Saints have a pick in between them. Um, so, and I'm not going Chris Olave. I still don't know what the issue is with Drake London falling. It seems like he is at this point. We're not even on draft night yet, but it seems like the public, at least, is devaluing Drake London. And I think it'd be a massive steal. I was shocked when he was still there in my mock draft for the Eagles, my seven-round mock um, where I got him at this pick, um, at 15, yeah. So, that's my guy. Uh, I, I love Drake London. He's a big, powerful guy. He's, uh, 6'3", 219 here. And he can be a jump ball guy that's different than what Devontae Smith does. Mm-hmm. Saints at 16. Yeah, so <clears throat> obviously I kind of showed my hand a little bit with the attempted attempted trade. Um, but you and I view the receivers a little differently because I didn't even consider Drake London um, with the Saints pick. But based on a few factors, like they have Jameis Winston at quarterback – they have Michael Thomas potentially coming back as hopefully returning to somewhat form that he had prior to his absence. 
Um, and they re-signed Traquan Smith. So, I still think they need a receiver. And you took London, but like I said, I wasn't even considering him. I think my pick was between the other two guys that are on the board right now. Olave and Traylon Burks. Mm-hmm. And I think the, with the style of play that Winston is, I think that Burks would actually be the better fit here. And I mean, that's who I would lean towards right here. I know a lot of people have Olave going to the Saints, but I I said my piece about Traylon Burks yesterday when we did or on Monday when we did uh, the other mock draft. And how he fell to 20. I would love that if that were the scenario that played out. I think Burks is, has the potential to be the number one receiver in this class. And what better way to do that than to have somebody like Jameis Winston throwing the ball deep to you? Yeah, I I think the Saints have to take a, a receiver. Uh, I would take one at the second pick, not the first one. Because the Eagles already took... A receiver. Chargers are could take a receiver. There's been rumors of that, but I don't think they will. Unless Saints take a receiver, then the Chargers I think will take a receiver. Or unless the Saints take Trevor Penning, who would be my pick here, uh, because they don't have a left tackle. Yeah. James Hurst is slated slated as the left tackle right now. They haven't found yeah, a well, Teron Armstead replacement. And more than likely, the Saints take a receiver at 16. The Chargers are going to take Trevor Penning at 17, which I will do. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not a big fan of Trevor Penning. I think that there's potentially better options in the later rounds. And there's still free agents out there. Like, I, Don't say I keep it. Bringing him, Don't say I keep it. Bringing him up. I keep bringing him up. I know he's injury-prone. I know he's older. But for a stopgap guy, I think he'd work with the Saints there, with Eric Fisher. But I would much rather – I mean, the Saints do have a pick in three picks. But with yeah. the with the fear that somebody could trade up to the Eagles or Chargers picks too, why not get the guy – that will actually impact the game more with this pick. Yeah, so even if I was going receiver with the Saints here, I do not agree with Traylon Burks. Um, I think Michael Thomas would have a say, and he'd want his Ohio State alumni brother in as well, in Chris Olave. But that's just me. But you like Burks, right? Uh huh. Okay. Thank you, the Chargers, for the second draft in a row. Just sit and wait, and they get a guy that they love. Trevor Penning, they need a right tackle. Rashawn Slater was a pro bowler in his rookie year. And Trevor Penning is not as highly rated, but. Mm-hmm. Will be a good good fit on the right right side. 
to protect Justin Herbert's front side. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's an easy selection. The only other option is to go Chris Olave. Again, I just I have a hard time putting another receiver in there when they just paid Mike Williams and they still have Keenan Allen. They still have some other young receivers who they believe in. So I, I have to get a guy to protect Justin Herbert, especially with the pass rushes that they have in the AFC West now. Okay, Eagles back up. Let's try a trade again. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try something. So now that the Eagles are back up, Chris Olave is sitting there, right? There are a bunch of teams in the twenties that I think would love to get Chris Olave. Yeah, the Packers at 22. I think um, the Titans possibly at 26. Packers again to 28. And then the Chiefs. And even, you know, the Cardinals and Bills, I think, are wild cards for wide receivers as well. Um, it doesn't seem like the Patriots are going to take one, um, considering they just traded for Devontae Parker. So again, we're going to try to trade. Whether it works or not, we'll see. But I am going to trade back with the Kansas City Chiefs and go to 29. That's a big jump. 11 mm-hmm. picks. Um, I'm not sure that it would cost a first-rounder next year. It could. Uh, but I don't think it will being that it's this late in the first round, mid-round. 18 is valued at 900. 29 is 640. That's 300 or 260 points, which gets you 66th overall. So if we go 62, I don't think that would do it because they're being stingy on the trades. So let's give the Eagles 50, right? And that might be enough. 50 and next year's fifth round pick. Sure, to go up 11 spots. I'm hoping that is enough of a haul for this computer to to let us do it. Why? <laughs> that is a more than solid trade. The only thing I could do is what I was talking about before. And again, I just I don't think... For one, they wouldn't do that, but... Yeah, I have no I have no clue. Dude. All right. Yeah, these trades are being very stingy today. I don't know why. Like I said, it's much different when you're just picking for a single team. They offer you trades. And like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the trades that I got, I mean, 
they were they were they were some pretty good trades. I, I I do gotta say that. You know, like I got the first round couple first round trades I did you know, I traded eighteen and one oh one to Washington for forty seven next year's one and next year's two. So I think it's a lot going both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I did three first round trades with the Steelers. Um, I traded twenty and eighty four for twenty four and fifty six with the Cowboys. Traded twenty four and two forty one for twenty eight and ninety two with the Packers. And then I also did uh, to move back one spot with the Chiefs. I moved twenty eight for twenty nine and one oh three. I mean, those kind of, those trades seem like the kind of trades we've been putting up. Uh-huh. And even, you know, I did one with the Panthers. Like I said earlier, gave up six for 12, 46, and next year's third from the Vikings. I think that was a little bit much to go up six spots, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why we can't trade. But anyways, since I have to stay here with the Eagles, uh, there is one more spot that I'll try to try to trade later in the draft. Uh, but since I'm sticking here with the Eagles, uh, it's it's a to- it's a toss up for who they are going to go with their second pick. Um, I've heard linebacker with Devin Lloyd or Nakobe Dean. I've heard Daxton Hill. They need a corner to go opposite of Darius Slay as well. And not even going off of these rankings, just going off the, uh, I think it's Scout Scouts Inc., I think is what these rankings are on ESPN that I printed yeah. out. Um, it looks like the next guy that the Eagles would be interested in anyways. Actually, George Karloftis would be a fantastic pick at this point. Uh, he is actually not. Let me see where he's listed at. He's not even on the first pages list. Yeah, he's not listed until thirty seventh um, on this list, anyways. Because they do need edge. They need um, a guy to eventually be the successor to Brandon Graham at defensive end. And they would be able to fill in another Big Ten defensive end as uh, Brandon Graham's a Michigan guy. Derek Barnett there. They like Josh Sweat, Teron Jackson, Matt Leo are the DNs right now. And the Eagles, unfortunately for me, have, and all other Eagles fans, have not, they're like the Packers with wide receivers. <coughs> the, Eagles, the Eagles have not invested first-round picks in linebackers, off-ball linebackers. They just haven't done it in the first round. So as much as I want to go Devin Lloyd or N'Kobe Dean, it doesn't seem realistic because that's just not what Howie Roseman has done. So I'm going to go with the next corner that's on this list, not on here. Um, 
and I actually, you know, Dax Hill would be fine too. I've heard a lot of hype about him, but I want a true corner to go opposite of Darius Slay to keep Avante Maddox in the slot. So I'm going to go Trent McDuffie, corner out of Washington, um, with my second Eagles pick here. I like it. Saints back at 19. Yeah, so for the Saints. Do it. Obviously, obviously I got or I sacrificed the tackle to get my choice at receiver. And the other receiver is still on the board. I'm not going to double down a receiver. <laughs> Although that would be kind of fun to do. I ended up getting both receivers. But anyway, I think they go on the other side of the ball this time. We said last year. I don't even know how many times how bad their depth was. There's two solid linebackers here on the board right now. And again, they don't have the depth because for one, they didn't have the cap space. They let Quan Alexander go. Um, Demario Davis, he's still there. He's still the, the defensive captain. However, he's getting up there in age, and I don't know the his current contract off the top of my head, but whenever it is over, he's going to want to be paid again. And I don't know if the Saints are going to want to do that. So I think right here they go and add to their depth at linebacker. I personally like Nicobe Dean better. Even though he's eight spots behind Lloyd there. I mean, again, you were a Georgia guy. You went there. You watched Nicobe Dean play. And I'm sure you watched a little bit of Lloyd, too. I don't know what your opinion is between the two of them, but. I mean, both are game wreckers, for sure. Uh,. When you look on ESPN's or Scouts Inc. rankings right here, they have Nakobe Dean one spot just ahead of Devin Lloyd, uh, num- numbers nineteen and twenty, um, which is right where we're at. It's just funny, but it it depends what you want. Nakobe Dean is a little undersized. He's five eleven and a quarter, two twenty nine. Devin Lloyd bigger. 6'2 and 3 quarters, 237. So I think the height's the height's a big thing. Um, yeah. big difference there. But yeah, I mean, I think Dakobe Dean would be fine. Uh again it I I, I would like to save Nicobe Dean for a pick of mine. Um <laughs> coming up. In a couple picks, but uh, if that's who you want to go with, the other linebackers beside Demario Davis, Pete Warner, and Zach Bond right now, uh, nothing in terms of talent, anyways, for their depth yeah. at linebacker. So, regardless, they're going to yeah. get at least depth. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, the one you want to go with, though. I think I'll. Keep you happy, let you have your guy. <laughs> and I think I'll 
go with Devin Lloyd here. All right. Devin Lloyd to the Saints. And by the miracle (laughs) of the draft board, we are keeping the Pitt Panther at Heinz Field and bringing Kenny Pickett home, keeping him home. I have to. I've been saying this since the draft process started. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett staying in Pittsburgh is wonderful. Uh, do I think that's what the Steelers are going to do? No. I think they're going to draft Malik Willis. Uh, just from what I'm hearing is that they want an athletic quarterback that has a great mobility. And I actually just saw a tweet about the Steelers possibly drafting Malik Willis because they they spent so much time on all the quarterbacks. Uh, but the reason why Malik Willis is being mocked to the Steelers more a lot more than any of the other quarterbacks is because of his mobility. But also that tweet said, you know, Malik Willis isn't as mobile as Lamar Jackson, but that's essentially what Mike Tomlin sees Malik Willis as. He sees mm-hmm. him as Lamar Jackson type. Uh, Malik Willis not as mobile, uh, as fast, elusive, whatever, but he has a better arm than Lamar Jackson does, and he's a lot better passer than Jackson is. So that's what I think the Steelers are going to do. I didn't say at the outset if we're doing a predictive mock draft or if we're being the GM and picking for ourselves. I think uh-huh. we've I think we've done a little bit of both at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I am going to stick to my guns, stick to what I've been saying the whole time. Even with Malik Willis available at twenty, the Steelers are going to go Kenny Pickett, in my mind. So, do you think? If Malik Willis is off the board at this point, do you think they go Kenny Pickett, or do you think they yeah. go a different position? No, I think they draft Kenny Pickett. So it's quarterback no matter what for them, you think? The only way they don't go quarterback is if the top two are off. Right. Then, yeah. then I agree with you, though. I think Kenny Pickett's the pick here. You know what's interesting, though? If, if those two are not there, then... It would go to the guy that they have ranked 19th. Zion Johnson would be my pick if neither quarterback were here. Hmm. All right. But I am back up on the odds. And thank you for saving N'Kobe Dean. Because I think I think this is where N'Kobe Dean goes. The Patriots are looking for, to get younger on defense, especially at the linebacker position. And they're looking for their next Dante Hightower, uh, who is uh, not there anymore. Uh, So they have Jawan Bentley. They traded for Mac Wilson. Um, And since when did the Patriots? I don't know. I feel like they haven't ran a 4-3 the entire time. I feel like they... I don't know why. In my mind, I thought they would. They were running a 3-4. Not a 4-3. But I don't know. You're the AFC's guy. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. I <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I I thought they yeah they normally run four on the line. I'm pretty sure. So four three. Yeah, I I think. I don't know why in my mind I was thinking they ran a three four. Um. For some reason, they have Matthew Judon listed as a linebacker right now, which would not be the case in a 4-3. So, but yeah, I think N'Kobe Dean would be a, a pretty pretty perfect pick for the Patriots. Yeah, it's such a Patriots pick. I hate it, but it makes so much sense. Now, they do need corners. Kyrie Gillum <clears throat> is here. Uh-huh. He was uh, another guy I was going to say I've seen mocked to the Patriots a lot. Yeah, the the corners are Malcolm Butler, Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones, Terrence Mitchell, Miles Bryant, Jawan Williams, and Sean Wade. Um, but yeah, I, I think Nicobe Dean is the pick, which is it's it's weird that we're picking both linebackers, considering some people only have one or none going in the first round. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going Nicobe Dean. For the Patriots. All right, now the board couldn't have fallen any better for the Packers here. Normally, I would have gone George Karloftis here for them because mm-hmm. that's that's usually what I've seen them do, and they do need edge help and whatnot. But that's also because they don't really have an option at receiver at this pick, and they I've seen them go for George Pickens or. Um, the other guy with their next pick. Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson. Yes, Christian Watson. Thank you. I, I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. Uh, in case anybody could te- or couldn't tell, I blank on names a lot. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is about as much of a lock pick as there can be in this. Chris Olave all the way for the Packers here. Yeah, I agree. Uh <laughs> Yeah, they, they definitely need to get some depth on the edge, which would be a Karloftis type. Um, but yeah, with Alave being the last, like, top of the top receivers, yeah, I don't think you can wait, even in a really good receiver class. But yeah, I think the next guy, the next couple of guys would be in the next tier. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you said it was perfect for the Packers. I think it's perfect for the Cardinals now, too. George Karloftis somehow making his way all the way to Arizona uh, would be a steal for the Cardinals, who need some help on the edge. You know, they lost Chandler Jones in free agency. Dennis Gardeck and Marcus Golden are the uh, outside linebackers right now in the 3-4 base. Carloth has got to be the guy here. He's gonna gonna win that weak side linebacker spot uh, mm-hmm. over my guy Dennis Gardeck, who I like a lot. Yeah, Carloth. This, like you said, the board's fallen perfectly for the Cardinals. They need edge after Chandler Jones left, and Carloth. This this is a perfect spot for him. Well, here's your. Uh, Indication that the Cardinals will not be taking a quarterback. 
The Cardinals just picked up Kyler Murray's fifth-year option. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that just adds to his trade value, if anything. Possibly. You're up with the Cowboys at 24. Yeah, the Cowboys, to me, especially with the way the board's fallen, it's kind of an interesting pick here. Because they can go a number of ways. I think they do need secondary help. So there's a lot of secondary players on the board here. But they also need offensive line help. Because that offensive line has been... I mean, it's decent, but it hasn't been near what it was in the, like, what? Even five years ago, maybe? Mm-hmm. So you got your pick of the guards here with Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson. And I mean, even Tyler Linderbaum too. I forgot it. he was even here. Um, so I don't know. I think it's between Johnson and Linderbaum for me. I can't think of who their interior linemen are right now though. Connor McGovern, Tyler Biotis, and Zach Martin. Well, yeah, I, I knew Zach Martin. I couldn't think of the other two. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't understand why Linderbaum's falling so much either. Not even just in our mock draft, but just in general on the draft boards. I feel like he's been falling more and more towards the second round. At one point, he was a top 10 pick, and now he's borderline second rounder um but yeah uh, to me it's between johnson and linderbaum i don't know again you're the nfc east guy like you said i was the afc east guy who do you who would you lean towards between those guys so uh the the draft rankings that i have printed out have they're they're them ranked like this where or no they don't they have they have Kenyon Green, and then Zion Johnson, and then Tyler Linderbaum. Green is at twenty six, Johnson at twenty eight, Linderbaum at twenty nine. So all right there. Uh, but I would go Tyler Linderbaum, just because as much as they like Biadish at center, Linderbaum is a very much an upgrade I think. And they can kick Connor McGovern out of the left guard spot, slide Biadas over, or I mean Linderbaum I think can play both too. Um, if they didn't want to go with that, then I think it would be Zion Johnson because Zion Johnson mm-hmm. can also play center with his main guard play, so they would have that positional versatility there as well. Yeah, that was my exact thinking too. Like. It all depends on what the Cowboys view as their weakest position or like what their best combination of players would be, whether that be Johnson at guard and keeping Biotish in center or putting Johnson at center and kicking Biotish out the guard or keeping McGovern there at guard, which I don't think that would be the case. But yeah, I think McGovern, no matter what, would be the odd man out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I always... I've already said it earlier in this show, and I've said it in past shows. I like the versatility a lot more. However, in this scenario, even though 
Linderbaum seems to be the worst ranked out of all of them. I think he ends up being the best NFL player out of all of them. So I think I'd go Linderbaum here. Buffalo Bills. Man, that's a, that's a weird pick for Buffalo. Uh-huh. I have seen recently everyone is hopping on the Bills train to select Brees Hall at 25. That's I, I'm a Devin Singletary guy. Like, I like Devin Singletary. Zach Moss has not worked out for them. Um, as a former third-round pick, I believe. Duke, Something like that. Duke Johnson, they signed this offseason to be the passing, pass-catching guy. Uh, and I just think they have more pressing needs. And there's a uh-huh. guy here that they can draft at a pressing uh-huh. area of need. Kyer Elam, um, I think he's on the next page because there weren't too many corners. On. Yeah, he's... He's ranked 32nd on these rankings that I have. They need a corner. Opposite of Tredavious White. For one, Tredavious White's coming back from an ACL tear. Two, right now, I don't know why they have the depth chart looking like this on ESPN, but Siren Neal is their other corner. Uh, They have Teron Johnson, which he's going to stay in the slot anyways. Uh, Cam Lewis... Dane Jackson, Elijah Griffin, and Nick McLeod are the corners. So I think they have to go corner. Uh, regardless of how enticing it might be to draft a running back, that could be the guy. I just think Devin Singletary had such a nice run down the end of the season that you have to allow him to come into the season as the number one guy. Clear cut and give him number one touches and see how it works out. Yeah, I am on the same train as you with the thought process. I mean, they made it to the – was that the championship game or was that – Divisional. No, that was the divisional game, right? Yeah. Uh, So – and they very well could have made it to the championship. It just so happened that they met their exact match in the Chiefs they already have an amazing offense. And yes, a guy like Brees Hall would be great for them. But they need a guy in the defensive secondary to help stop teams like the Chiefs and the Bengals and whoever else is in the playoffs this year. Because there's so many teams that are good in the AFC this year. And a lot of good passing teams, too. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, the Bills, like I said, are one of the better passing teams in the league, but they need defense to help stop those other passing teams. And, yeah, whether that be Hill or Elam or I wouldn't say Seen or Brisker, but, yeah, they need secondary help for sure. Yeah, the only reason I wouldn't go Hill is because uh, while he can play corner, uh, I think they need a guy that's a true corner. And Daxon Hill is kind of a tweener that, mm-hmm. can, that can play safety corner, slot corner. But, yeah, I like Kyrie Elam. Titans at 26. Quarterback! <laughs> I mean, 
This is a tough one for me. The Titans are kind of caught in between here because they're one of those teams that are, I mean, they were just the number one overall team in the AFC this past season. Granted, that wasn't 100% because they, it was them being good. It was just, that's how the pieces fell for them. Uh, but yeah, obviously Ryan Tannehill has kind of been the reason why they haven't been able to take that next step. But at the same time, their defense hasn't been that great either. So there's so many avenues you could take with this. I don't think they hit the reset button yet because they still have a year or two left of prime Derrick Henry. And they need to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And I think Ryan Tannehill is pretty good at the play action, which is their main passing game. Um, I don't know what their offensive line situation is like. I haven't looked at that. But there's two guards on the board. I don't know if they need a guard. They do. Interior is Aaron Brewer. Ben Jones and Nate Davis with uh, Jamarco Jones being a backup. Yeah, I mean, so guard is definitely in play here. Mm-hmm. And, but like I said, too, their defense was terrible last year, too. What do their safeties look like? They're fine. Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard. They okay, really, yeah. They really don't have so, anyone behind so, them, but. So, safety. So, the way the board has fallen, I think that they take one of these guards. And as I was saying before, I like the versatility of Johnson a lot better than I do Green. And, yeah, so I, my ultimate pick right here would be Johnson. I would go opposite. I'd go Kenyon Green. Uh, just because, for one, he feels like a Titan. And for two, he's a lot better at the at run blocking. I think Johnson is a little bit better at pass blocking. Um, and Green, you're going to get a road grader. Um, 6'3", 323. Johnson, 6'2", 3'14". So a little bit smaller there. Um, but if you want to go with Johnson your pick so yeah i'm going i'm going johnson because of the versatility here i like that with the bucks i mean this makes my job easy with tampa uh kind of a little bit anyways because they also need a guard now they did trade for Shaq mason but they need a left guard aaron stinney is slated to be the starter right there dax hill is an option uh, they do have Antoine Winfield, Logan Ryan, Mike Edwards, and Keanu Neal as their starting four safeties. Uh, they need some corners, but we don't have any left that are first-round worthy. Uh, I don't think, yeah, no. So there aren't any corners left. This could be a place where... Had they not re-signed Leonard Fournette, Brees Hall would be an option, I think. 
And he still could be, with Fournette only signed... Or no, he signed a three-year deal. Never mind. Three years, yeah. yeah okay. Uh, they don't need any wide receivers anymore because they franchised Godwin and, and signed Russell Gage and re-signed Brashad Perriman as well. Um, they're not going to take a tight end. None are worth a first-round pick this year. So I think it's I think it's pretty simple. I think it's Kenyon Green all the way. He's going to help Tom Brady slide into that left guard spot. Again, I would think that, in my mind, these picks would be flipped. Green would go to Tennessee. Zion Johnson would go to Tampa. I think those are the better fits. But that's me. Yeah, I mean, Tampa's one of those teams that... Tampa's one of those teams that... uh, they're one of the most complete teams in all of football. And so, and no, that, that was the 49ers. You never, I was going to say they were a pick away from moving on, but that was the 49ers that dropped the interception. Mm-hmm. Um, but still the, the Buccaneers did almost come back in that game against the Rams. And if they had beaten the Rams, they probably would have been in the Super Bowl Cause I think they would have beaten the 49ers as well. Um, but yeah, they have, they're set on offense, at least at the skill positions and defense. They do have a couple holes, uh, but yeah, I would go green here too. Yeah. I, they, I think they can get some reinforcements on defense still. They still have JPP and Indomitian Sue out there floating around whether they bring one or both back I don't know but I think um, that is why like I said Devontae Wyatt is another option here that they could go uh, because they do need even if they would re-sign Sue they would need a future guy to play defensive end beside Vita Vea and William Golston there on the D-line so Uh Maybe that's a better pick, but I think you have to think of Tom Brady first, and you have to protect him, especially with how old he is. You have to protect uh-huh. the middle with that pressure up the, up the middle there. So, Kenny and Green. You're mm-hmm. up on the Packers' second pick. All right. Now, like I said, this is a dream scenario for the Packers. They got their wide receiver, even though they historically don't do that, but in this – scenario they did they got their receiver with their first pick that would be an interesting scenario but it's not happening i was going to say getting the successor to aaron Rodgers, but he's presumably there for another four years now if he lasts that long but we'll see about that um obviously what's the next edge ebikati So, I mean, edge is a need for them. So he's an interesting option. I don't know about their safeties. I don't think they need a safety. And Adrian Amos and Darnell think, Savage. Yeah, so I think they're good there. Running back would be an interesting option, like you said already with these other couple teams. I'm not a big fan of Dylan. I know he's essentially solidified as the backup 
but I'm not a fan of him. I'm not going to go running back here because that would kind of be a wasted pick. You can't get more wasted, though, than Jordan Love, but that's beside the point. But, yeah, there's a couple options here. Even offensive line, I think they could use. But I think, ultimately, they stick with the two positions that most people think they're going to go for, but just in our scenario, it's flipped. They got the receiver first, and now they go edge. So who you want, Ebikati? Yeah. All right. Uh, Chiefs at 29. Look at this. We, we each get to select a Chiefs pick. Chiefs <laughs> at 29. Uh, I am going to go. Oh, I forgot to say about my Packers uh, pick. The the Packers, I would have went with either Devontae Wyatt or Tyler Smith. They needed a right tackle to slide Elkton Jenkins back in. Um, and then uh, Wyatt, they, they need a, another defensive end beside Kenny Clark there in their 3-4 base. Uh, Chiefs, though, Chiefs could use some stuff here. Now, what's interesting about the Chiefs, there's no wide receivers, really. We have Christian Watson. Uh, and I do think they're going to go wide receiver with one of their picks. I just don't know which one I want to leave up to you, what position I want to leave to you. <laughs> well, I know uh, I know who I will pick if you don't pick the receiver. So, Well, I'm going to go receiver, and I'm going to bypass Christian Watson, and I'm going to go Jahan Dotson. I think Andy Reid will <laughs> love the speed, and he is uh, a Tyreek Hill-like player here at uh, 5'10", 178. I like it. Your Chiefs pick. All right, so there's a number of ways they could go here. They obviously have a little bit of a hole at safety, being that they essentially let the Honey Badger go, even though he's still out there and they can re-sign him. But I do like those safeties. Another guy that I think is an intriguing pick because he he's injured right now and he is going to miss a lot a large chunk of the season. I think David Ojabo would be a very interesting pick for them here. And he I mean like I said, the Chiefs are one of the powerhouses of the AFC and they're going to need edge rushers in the foreseeable future with the even just the division that they're in. And obviously there's a lot of injury questions now with Ojabo, but he's the best edge rusher at this moment, I think. And the Chiefs don't immediately need him. They have a good enough offense, even without Tyreek Hill, to stay afloat and wait for him to come back, whatever that may be. So, I think Ojabo would be a good selection here. Yeah, my uh, I think that's fine. Uh, I think my Chiefs pick here would be, uh, you know, I like Dax Hill for them. They they could get that positional flexibility to play him at corner um, because they signed Justin Reed in free agency, but obviously short term. Um, I also 
for the Chiefs like Devontae Wyatt. They could use some interior guys can, if they're keeping Chris Jones at edge. Um, and then if you would go edge, for me, I wouldn't go Ojabo. I would like the higher upside boy, Mafe. Okay, but you're going Ojabo. Uh-huh. Uh, Bengals, I would like to do a trade if I could. Um, and I'm trying to do this quick because the place that I eat closes at um, 6.30 here, so maybe like 26 minutes to get there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to send a first-round pick next year to move up from 43 to 31. I'm hoping that does it. I, I think it should. Um, if not, I can sweeten the pot, but... Okay. Shocker. Okay. We can we can sweeten it. We can sweeten it. We have to. We have to sweeten it because it's the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to get our quarterback of the future. Get the fifth year option. We'll send we'll send eighty two with it. Okay. I hate this so much. <laughs> because we're going to get Matt Corral. That's who we're going to get with the Falcons at thirty one. Um. I really just want to want to put it in there, and then like everyone would be like, "What the Bengals taking a quarterback at 31? <laughs> you can you can edit the Falcons logo in there, can't you, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, but okay, whatever, whatever. We're sticking here with the Bengals. They need they need uh, secondary help badly. They already got their offensive line in free agency. There there aren't any offensive linemen here, anyways, except for Tyler Smith. The only possibility. I think they need to go secondary. There are a bunch of safeties left. They're they're pretty, they're fine at safety. Von Bell and Jesse Bates. But go Dax Hill here, the guy I've been talking about for the last couple of picks. He can help you out at both positions. And uh, get Eli Apple off the field, please. Oh, yeah. Lions yeah. at 32. Do it. Dude. Obvious pick here. They still get their quarterback of the future, but for a lot less money here. They still get the fifth year option with the thirty second overall pick here. Just go ahead and put the card in right now. Malik Willis, number thirty two overall. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. He got all the way to thirty two. Um, oh, okay. I still think I think it's a legit possibility that he does though. Yeah, in the real thing. So here's our mock. Uh, we'll have this up on our social media relatively soon. Uh, Trayvon Walker at one to the Jags. Lions take Hutchinson at two. Neal to the Texans. Gardner to the Jets. Uh, Equanu for the Giants. Cross to the Panthers. Thibodeau for the Giants. Wilson uh, to the Falcons. Johnson for the Seahawks. Williams to the Jets. Hamilton to the Commanders. Stingley for the Vikings. Davis. For the Texans, Booth for the Ravens, London to the Eagles, Burks for the Saints, Penning to the Chargers, McDuffie for the Eagles, Lloyd to the Saints, Pickett to the Steelers, Dean for the Patriots, Alave for the Packers, Karloftis for the Cards, Linderbaum for the Cowboys, Elam to the Bills, Johnson uh, for the Titans, Green for the Bucks, Arnold Ebicady to the Packers, Dotson to the Chiefs, Ojabo to the Chiefs, Hill the Bengals, and Willis to the Lions. So, yeah, that was a good trade. That that was a good mock draft. Uh, Like I said, we'll get that up. 
and see what other people think. And uh, mm-hmm. don't forget to follow us here on social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. FAAPodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. And don't forget, tomorrow night we will be here 7.45 p.m. Eastern uh, broadcasting all 32 picks of the 2022 NFL Draft. All right, Chris. One more sleep, and I will see you tomorrow night. It's been fun. All right. See you later.